Hello, welcome to Cats Got Your Tongue. This is our feline-friendly podcast in association with Cats Protection. I'm your host, Adam Brown, a cat obsessive. Um, in fact, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. I, I love cats more than humans. Um, probably including my close family. Uh, there you go, I've said it now. Uh, now, in every episode of this podcast, we chat to celebrity guests. We hear all about their furry four-legged friends and we get to tackle your cat dilemmas as well. As much as I love cats, as much as I endeavour to find out everything I possibly can about cats and the world of cats, there's always something new to learn, which is why every week I'm joined by our expert, Nikki, from Cats Protection. Nikki, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm fully aware that I've just admitted that I like cats more than my own family on this podcast, but here we are. <laughs> well, I think like even if people go away on holiday, for example, or, like, you know, you miss your cat more than other people. I know. Somehow. Yeah. Even when I was backpacking, like I wanted to see my cat on the camera more than everybody else. <laughs> I've done it before when I go on a holiday and I said to me, oh, I'll FaceTime you. And she goes, oh, yeah. I goes, yeah, just put the cat on. <laughs> like, so yeah, when I say I'm FaceTiming my parents, really, I'm FaceTiming my cat, but I need my parents to press accept on the iPad. That, exactly. That's all it is, really. Um, anything been going on uh, with you this week, Nikki, in the world of cats? Yeah, so my cat, Kato, um, he's just recently been diagnosed with arthritis in both his elbows and his left shoulder. Oh. So I know, and, and it's one of those things I'm absolutely gutted because he's only nine years old. Yeah. And um, and I know like like sensibly if I were in work um, and it was somebody else's cat, you're just like, oh yeah, you know. Um, but when it's your own, like they're your baby and you really just like, you think, oh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're basically just past being a kitten. Like how yeah. can this happen? But obviously, you know, they, they can get them, um, at any age they're more likely to get arthritis when they're older of course but they can it can happen sort of um at younger ages as well so it's always worth being mindful of but yeah he's um he's got quite a limp on him which is really unusual for cats because cats don't really tend to limp and when they've got arthritis it tends to be more very subtle behavior changes like you know not using the litter tray or being a bit slow to get up after they've been lying down for a while so yeah. you know obviously investigating it with the vets and um you know he's on various different treatments uh to try and help him um but oh the whole thing just makes me feel oh, a bit sad uh, i know well in on a on a slightly lighter note i uh i got a birthday card off my cat um, <laughs> good honor so yeah no, i thought you've done well there i mean i'm, I'm aware that it was uh orchestrated by my mum and dad um which you know as a man in his 30s i don't know if it's the coolest thing ever, but I loved it. And it had a little picture, like a cat, little cartoon of her on the front. And then it was, to be fair to my mum, I mean, this is, she knows how crazy I am about cats that she'd actually written it in kind of a childlike kind of scroll. Aww. So, and I, 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 I said to her, I said, you know what, 10 out of 10 for effort there, mum. I'll give you that. Exactly. That's unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So that was that, a pride of place on, uh, on the mantelpiece. The, uh, and obviously she got, my cat got all the credit for it as well. I was like, how clever are you? Oh my, you've actually ordered it yourself and everything. This is amazing. So yeah, so I got a, uh, a handwritten birthday card from my cat this week. So there we go. Uh, so Nikki, as always, is going to be on hand to answer any questions that you might have, big or small, about the world of cats. So maybe there's something about your cat in particular that you've always wanted to know. Uh, if you want to get in touch, you can do. And no question is a silly question. Believe us, pod at cats.org.uk to get involved. Uh, we also want to hear your funny stories, cat-related dilemmas, uh, something that we like to call your cat's tails. We'll be getting onto that a little bit later on on this episode of Cats Got Your Tongue. We're going to be going through those uh, later, as I said, with this week's special guest. So are we ready to get her in, Nikki? I'm excited about this. Definitely. Let's find out which cat-loving celebrity we're going to be chatting to today on Cats Got Your Tongue. 
So each week on Cats Got Your Tongue, we're joined by a guest who adores their cats just as much as I do. Uh, which is a lot, to be honest with you. Now, today's guest is a national dancing champion. She's joined the BBC's biggest TV show in 2022. And this year spent eight weeks teaching Krishnan Gurumurthy how to dance. Uh, Strictly Come Dancing's Lauren Oakley, welcome to Cats Cut Your Tongue. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Great. You know what? We're so, so... I mean, we're excited about anyone who loves cats to be on the show, to be honest. So, first things first, uh, kind of describe to us just how much you love cats. Well, here's the thing, right? I grew up with dogs. I'm, I'm going to say I'm an animal person, but I grew up with dogs because that's what my family had. Mm. And then me and my husband, four years ago, decided to get a cat. And then we got another cat. And then we got another cat. And then now I'm just a cat person completely. I just adore them. And I feel like even when I see them on the street, it's like I know all the cats and they know me. So so what made you take that step away from dog I mean I'm not obviously gen you're generally an animal person but yeah. why move to cats what was it that kind of intrigued you um well obviously cats are a little bit more independent um we we had a family dog and he was like a baby we couldn't leave him for even 20 minutes so we thought we'd get a cat just because they're a little bit more independent really um and then I didn't ever want to leave him on his own so I got another one and then yeah so that's how it happened so tell us a little bit about your cats then. Go through them. I want a little bit of a, you know, a sort of a, a roll okay. call, a rundown of your cats. So the first cat that we got um, is a black cat called Gypsy. Um, my sister's friend from uni, her, her, his cat had a litter and nobody wanted him because he was the black one. Um, so I said to my husband, please, we have to have this cat. Uh, we thought it was a girl at first, but then we took him to his first vet's appointment and then it turned out to be a boy. Um, so he's called Gypsy, he's a black cat, he's got like a little white spot on his chest. Um, the second cat, um, my best friend's neighbour took in a stray, thought it was a boy, turned out that it wasn't because the cat had a litter. He's called Paco, my husband's from Argentina, he named Paco. Um, and then the third one, and she's called Primrosie, and she's shaped like a pear, and she's black and white. And she had a litter before she was one, um, but then the rescue took her in got her spayed and chipped and then we had her and I came home from Strictly one one night last year and Max my husband had surprised me with her so yeah that's always a nice surprise isn't it a new cat yeah a new cat <laughs> <laughs> um so you, you mentioned there about um you know obviously the first cat was it was a black cat and it's um you know it, it wasn't kind of wanted by anyone at first Nikki that's quite a common thing isn't it with the uh, with rescues and, and and adoptions in general Definitely. And that's why we had National Black Cat Day, um, just to try and really promote black and black and white cats. And we, we ran the campaign for a good 10 years and thankfully it was successful. We did see the time to rehoming for black and black and white cats reduce. Yeah, is it, I read somewhere that it's like people have got this perception that they're less photogenic or, you know, when it comes to like posts on social media and that sort of thing. I don't think I've seen a lot of very, very stunning black cats on social media. You've probably seen my stunning black cat yeah, on yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah, you've got to be careful as well, Tati, because I know you're just the, the black cat yeah. enthusiast. So My cat, Kato. It also has that little white bit just there, which is super cute. Um, I just think, you, you know, it's it's um, you need to obviously better photography skills than if you can't quite catch them. Because when you do and you get them in all their panthery glory, then, um, then they're just fantastic. So I just think that reason's a bit of a cop-out. I think there's lots of different reasons. I think what is probably true is that they're a really common coat colour. And therefore, if you're just seeing like wall to wall, you know, black cats or black and white cats, 
people want something that they perceive to be more unusual, which is why I say that we should just literally have water ginger because everyone wants a ginger cat and then just put the, you know, the token special black cat in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lauren, can you describe um, the personalities of your cats? Like, do they have like specific roles that they play within your household? Yeah, this is so fascinating to me. Like I said, I haven't grown up with cats, so I didn't realize how different they could all be. Um, Gypsy's very, very loving and he just rubs on my legs all the time. Um, he's quite aloof, um, as lots of cats are, as we know. He's the oldest one. Um, but he he is very loving and caring. That Actually, they all are, but my husband's been quite hands-on with them, so I think they're quite used to kind of affection. Um, Paco is... He's always like wide-eyed. He's like we, he's like the baby, even though he's the middle one. He's like the baby. Um, he's so cute. He he loves playing. Whenever we like make the bed, but like change the sheets, he'll just like run and like lie on the bed because he thinks it's playtime. And uh, he does this really interesting thing of an evening where he'll like when my husband goes to bed, he jumps on the bed and like kind of climbs up and he, he want like he hugs him and like rubs on him um, every single night without fail. It's quite human-like actually. Um, I just get pushed to one side. That's I was going to say, <laughs> you sound a bit jealous there, Lauren, to be honest, you're like, oh. Just I would be. <laughs> but I can't, it's so cute. I just end up like getting my phone out and videoing it. <laughs> um, and Primrosey, she's quite sassy actually. Um, she's the only female quite sassy. Um, she's, she's really cute. She does this thing where she just like chills out on her back. Um, and all these things are new to me, like I say, because I haven't grown up with cats. So, um, but she, she, pick, she's the one that like probably ticks the most, um, like stereotypical behaviors of a cat. Kind of, she'll come to you when she wants love, and you know she's got the sass, and so she's the one that I expect the most cat behavior from. If that makes sense. Yeah. Do they all get on with each other then? Yeah, they do. Apart yeah. from when. When Primrose is hungry, she starts smacking. She gets hangry, so she'll like smack the others. But they get on really well and they play. And they're not—they're not cuddlers really. They don't really cuddle, but we find them like cleaning each other up time to time. And yeah. they have like donut beds, and they all like sleep next to each other. So, oh, yeah, they're, they're donut, yeah. Yeah, no, them donut beds are ridiculous, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, my cat loves that. <laughs> um, do you have nicknames for them as well? Oh, um, Mr. Cat. <laughs> what? what do you mean what just what is that for all of the well the two boys and then prim prim rosy rosy primmy pants sometimes this is so embarrassing it's not honestly like we asked this question to guests on this podcast and you can uh, see initially the panic sets in but then we go we all do this so it's fine no but this is really this was really embarrassing for prim rosy go on. she's a girl no, we all say stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a girl. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah, that's how I call her sometimes. Yeah, my cat's the princess, the queen, uh, the, all the yeah, the baby of the world. All just all sorts of <laughs> embarrassing. What was the, last one? the the baby of the world. Like, I just pick her up sometimes. Like you know, just yeah. Don't know. Don't know what it means. Don't know how, why it ever became a thing. But yeah, it's. Uh, baby of the world I yeah i'm just like and the, the greatest animal to have ever lived all these massive you know, accolades that i'll give my cat uh, all of which i believe by the way um but yeah it, it's just completely nonsensical where the nicknames kind of come from and how they progress then into 
stranger and stranger words and, and meanings but you know we all do it so yeah don't worry it's not embarrassing um it's the voice as well it's the voice oh, that changes absolutely we'll get onto that a little bit later on um so obviously you mentioned you know you uh, didn't grow up with cats did your husband ever have cats or was it is it new term as well um well pets in argentina are a little bit different so he's from argentina mm. um and they just kind of like come in and out of the house the dogs and the cats and um, so he's had animals around him, but then they don't really give them names because they're kind of like half wild, half domestic. It's yeah, it's a bit odd. So he had he has grown up with cats, but also dogs. It's just a different pet culture over there. Yeah. Um, so primarily the indoor or outdoor cat shows, do they do a bit of roaming around or? Well, Gypsy, when we got Gypsy, he um, we lived in a flat, so a first floor flat. So he was an indoor kitten. Now the other two, we kind of got like, well, Primrose was a rescue. So she was a kitten on the street and Paco was born to a stray. So they're used to, this is my theory anyway, correct me if I'm wrong. They're used to being outside. Now, now we live in a house, they, they have a cat flat, but only the two that were when they were kittens were outside, go outside and Gypsy prefers to stay in all day. So my theory is that because he was an indoor kitten, he's not that bothered about going outside. Yeah, is that what what what's the sort of the theory behind that then, Nikki? Is that right? So I'd certainly say that if they've had the outdoor access as kittens, they're much more likely to be outside. I totally agree with that. And particularly cats that are in the first eight weeks of life have only been outside and and not had much contact with people, they're more likely to be sort of you know feral, for example, and not used to people, which is not in this situation, but just to put that out there. Whereas yeah, indoor only, uh, less so. I would say like. Um, even the absence of the experience of going outside, cats do really well and, and adapt to being outside. So I think the individual side is more individual preference. Okay. Do you know if, um, like my cat's 10 now and she's an indoor cat, but obviously, you know, I see her sometimes looking out the window longingly. What would happen if I just let her out, Nikki? Well, firstly, don't just I'm not let gonna, her out. No, 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 <laughs> no, I'm not, but I'm saying it, if, if, Suddenly I was like, oh, maybe I just want to treat her to a little wander around. Well, uh, again... I'm, I'm wording this to... wrong. I know I'm wording it wrong. <laughs> I know, you know what I'm I mean? just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it couldn't be like a one-off treat. It'd have to be like a kind of lifestyle choice, you know, change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you gave it to her once and she was like, this is brilliant, and then you're like, oh, no more, though. That was yeah, just yeah, a one-off. Yeah. She's not going to But quit. is it ever too late to change? No, no. never. Literally Never. Like you could literally have like a 15 year old cat who's always been in the only and then switch to them being, giving them some outdoor access and they could, they could thrive. So, um, as it, but it does come down to individual preference, mm. you might still get some cats that are like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to stay inside. Particularly, let's be honest in winter, winter's not the best time to introduce yeah. them to outside because they're going to be like, oh, that's not great. It's, it's a bit cold. It's a bit wet. Um, but introduce them gradually, then most cats will adapt and really enjoy the experience of all the stimulation outside the different smells and sights and birds etc yeah so, but I, I see I, I still get worried about her not coming back yeah and yeah. we're all we i think most cat owners feel like that um regardless of how whether they have outdoor access or not i think most people really feel like that the main thing is to make sure that they're microchipped the microchip details are up to date um you can have a good recall with cats i think most people we have it by accident without realizing that's what we do whereas dog owners are like oh i've got to recall my dog and i train them to do it we like shake the biscuits or we have a particular noise or phrase or something 
and the cats come running, usually, you know, for food. And we can use that to help them come back into the house. Yeah. I have to say, I've done it. I've trained it deliberately in my cats. I've done it in a very meaningful way. And I'm so happy because last week I took him to the vets and he'd, um, he'd really wedged himself under the bed and it's our spare bedroom and it's, you know, full of stuff. And there's no way I could physically get to him. So if he didn't come out, I, <laughs> he, we would be missing that appointment. But I called him and was like, come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, oh yeah, have you got some treats? Which I did, because you have to reward them and to be like, make it worth it. Yeah. And then um, and then from there we went to the cat basket nice and calm and off we went. So for you, for the yeah. cat we've got. Do you know, I, I, do, I do think, the, I don't know if, if you find this, Lauren, but there's certain treats and stuff that I think I could get my cat to do pretty much anything yeah. with those... Uh, <laughs> Have you seen them, them, them like Licky Licks, them yogurts? Yeah. My cats don't like Licky Licks, you know. You're joking. My sister's cats love it, but my cats don't like it. None of them like it. No. How I, weird are they? Yeah, honestly, like my cat, I, I, she knows what she knows what it is. Like as soon as I get out of the packet, it doesn't make a noise in particular, but she can obviously she sees <laughs> she the shape knows. of it, yeah. And then I'm watching her eating. I'm thinking, it's mad that you love chicken yogurt this much. Do you know what I mean? Like just watching it, I'm there going, it's just crazy to me that you absolutely adore this. So yeah. Chicken yogurt. Oh, ch chicken flavoured yogurt. I was looking at her going, you're so strange, but I love you so much. Um, so yeah, what, is there anything that they absolutely love, Lauren, food-wise? Um, they like Dreamies. Yeah. They're big Dreamies fans mm. um, the most out of all the treats. Um, Paco is obsessed with popcorn. I don't, we've Googled if, we're allowed to give it and it says yes we obviously don't give him those but if we have popcorn you can have a little bit of popcorn um but yeah dream is the, the most they're just obsessed my I, i've got to be careful with my cat i don't know if you find this um either of you but my cat will try and pretty much get anything she'll try she'll yes. honestly like um the other day you know if, a, if there's like a slight remnant of anything on a plate or in a bowl or anything like that should be straight over to it so i've got to be i've got to be super careful and obviously when you google things sometimes there is like conflicting kind yeah. of things really i know obviously you try your best to sort of keep things out of reach but they are so inquisitive aren't they naturally nikki is there anything really that we should be avoiding i mean i don't give her anything really you know yeah. that I shouldn't be but it's sometimes quite difficult anyway when there's stuff lying around it is, and particularly when you're having like lots of people over, for mm. example, or you're, you know, and you're busy, and it's then much more difficult to keep an eye on who's doing what, and and also other people coming into the house might be leaving things around without mm. people realising. So, in terms of like which websites to go to, then obviously the Cats Protection website. Um, I'd also give a shout out to International Cat Care because they've also got lots of great information on their website too. Um, but things like cooked chicken bones can cause like a, you know, like an obstruction. So definitely keep an eye out for that one. That's quite a common one. Um, and then le lesser known ones for people like cats are allergic. Well, not allergic, but it's toxic for them to have chocolate mm. and um, raisins and grapes and things like that. There's all sorts of things. So Yeah, she she's she's trying to get to jam the other day. There was jam on a plate and she was, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> I had to pick her up. I said, come on, that's not for you, that move. Get, get, come on, you have to get away from that. But anything, she'll love it. Chicken soup. Uh, honestly, I mean, chicken soup makes a bit more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. I know. Well, I know. I've seen what she's like with the yogurt. So yeah, it's only. Uh, like Paco, my the middle one. He's like got really cheeky, like over the last few months. Because like I'll be eating a sandwich or something, he'll get really close and just like want to touch it with his paw. Yeah. Like he's getting really cheeky with it, like as if like 
what we have in today then, you yeah, know. Yeah. I always I think as well, I don't know if you find this, but like I think my cat Ruby just assumes that anything I have is actually for her. So I'll yeah. bring food in and she's like, Well, what forgot then? And I'm like, No, she's my tea, what are you this is my dinner, not yours. But yeah, she, she again <laughs> she gets ultra confident like that. Um do, do you spoil your cats at all, Lauren? You uh, like that, that pause yeah. really spoil with what? With what? Just no. like, you know, buying them extravagant things sometimes. I think we all do it a little bit. Um, well, I can't say I do, you know, because, well, obviously at work, I'm always like, you know, strictly takes up so many, well, it's seven day a week job, really. Yeah. Um, but I spoil them with love. I don't spoil them with food because a couple of them would have a tendency to get overweight. Um, but we also spoil them with cardboard boxes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the I best mean, answer ever, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they love a cardboard box, as all cats do. And it, it takes us weeks to get rid of, like, a delivery box because they love it so much. So, um, you... not I don't buy them extravagant things, but I give them plenty of cardboard boxes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> have, you bought, have you bought anything recently for your cat, Nikki? Well, um, in, I was going to say, along the same sort of lines of Lauren, like it's that idea of having boxes come to the house. Does anyone find you can't even open the box for a while? Because if it's a big one and it's solid and it's got something inside, he likes to sit on top of it and basically claim it yeah. as his own. Yeah. And yeah. if it's not, unless it's urgent, I will just be like, oh, you can have that for like a few days. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of extravagant in, in other ways of like putting myself out to be like, oh, go on, you can have that. I won't even open what's inside. Because as soon as I open it up, it will lose its like structure and it will just dip because he's quite a heavy cat. So, um, do, do you want to know what I bought the other day? Go for it. So, you know, it's all to shame now, aren't you? No, 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 she's just, this is ridiculous. Do you know, I was mentioning them yogurts that Ruby loves my cat. Have you yeah. seen the, cause sometimes, you know, when you like dispensing it, it's a bit like messy in it at the end and you can't get all yeah. of it out. Have you seen them things that you can actually put the yogurt, the actual packet of the yogurt in? And it like clamps it in and then you can like sort of move this thing up and it puts it onto a spoon on the end. It's unbelievable. Ooh, that sounds good. Honestly, that it's sounds so, really fancy. On, yeah, it, it, it wasn't actually as, well, it was a little bit pricey to be honest, to be, to be spending that on a cat, but she's worth it. And I end up giving her so many of them yogurts that, you know, I thought, you know, it's going to be worthwhile because they're just a little bit messy, aren't they? The licky so, licks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's got that. So is it a game changer? Massively. So good. Awesome. It's designed specifically for that as well. So, and even when it comes at the end, it, as it goes into a little spoon and I could see it in her face, she was grateful. Do you know what I mean? I thought, <laughs> she, you know, I could tell she was like, oh, cheers, dad. This has changed, this has changed the game. <laughs> I think we've mentioned it before on, on the podcast, uh, Nikki, like, you know, sort of catifying your house or catification, if you will. Um, yeah. And I think, I've got a friend who's actually in the process of looking at um, adopting a cat, but he lives in like a, a rented apartment currently. So he kind of feels like I need to find, try and utilize the space as best as I possibly can. And he's struggling with it, to be honest. And he was, he said to me, can you maybe ask Nikki on the podcast and see what she can suggest? I was like, cause I was going, yeah, you know, just put stuff up on the walls. And he's like, well, I don't, I can't really put stuff on the walls because the landlord's yeah. a bit funny about it and stuff. Is there any like easy ways that you can achieve you know, a, a kind of a, a decent level of like catification in a relatively small space. I mean, the th first thing that springs to mind, have you seen like people that have got really into their cardboard boxes where they've literally made these like full blown 
towers and forts with them because mm. that would be good because you wouldn't need to put them you know screw them into walls yeah. or anything and you could have all the different designs and you could literally design it round the person's furniture to fit the mm. space i think that would be good other than that i think it'd be a, a chat somebody who does know about diy <laughs> he's not me who can do something on the walls that doesn't leave any marks i don't know if there's any way of putting shelving on that doesn't yeah do you still but... see those little like hammocks that attach the radiators Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Have you got one? Yeah, yeah, they're good, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And Rosie loves it. She loves it. And then they sometimes she sleeps like on the floor underneath it. It's like, why are you doing that for? That's such a cat. <laughs> that's such a cat move. That in it. Um... Oh, let me show you this. Actually, here's one I prepared earlier. So this, this is my latest thing I've done. Oh, that's oh. cool. Yeah. So, um, so inside, so it's a cardboard box with a top, like you know, there's side cut out and the best part is I can cut it out at the right height for the cat because he's a little bit arthritic now so I can cut it around lots a lot shorter for him and then inside it had this like wool packing packaging stuff that just seemed far too good to waste <laughs> like I said, it was literally to package up what was inside yeah. um and it's so toasty and warm and he loves it oh here he comes <laughs> was that already? Oh, there we go. Was, was that already in the box then, Nikki? No, no, no. So the, um, it, that that box came separately to the the wool oh, packaging. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we ended up with quite a lot of it. So I've made several of these beds around the house, and this particular one I've set up clear to the near to the laptop, so that when I'm on the laptop, he's hopefully in his bed not yeah. getting involved and not on the laptop yeah <laughs> yeah even though he's getting involved right now so I've just, yeah. probably because i've just put his bed on the screen <laughs> um lauren just i want to ask you again you know presumably you need to travel quite a lot with your job yeah. um and like you said sometimes it's you know seven days a week and stuff like that uh, how does how do your cats cope with you being away and you know in terms of missing you and do you have somebody kind of looks after him when you're not there and how does that work yeah well i like live in london for you know, whilst the Strictly season's on, but we, our base is still here in Birmingham. So Max is always here. Um, he works in hospitality. So he goes out, you know, late afternoon and comes back in the evening. Um, one thing that I feel really good about is that the cats have each other. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but I like that they have company with each other. Um, and I used to get really worried, you know, because when I'm not on Strictly, I'm on tour around the UK and I make it back as often as I can, but sometimes it's like, once a month for 24 hours um, i was really worried that i would have bond with them or they wouldn't remember me or um especially as cats are a bit like that aren't they they're like they know who they like and they know who they don't like but i don't actually feel that when i get back i feel that they kind of get used to me again very very quickly i don't know if it's the smell and there's one thing that gypsy does which i love and it makes me feel needed and wanted and accepted back into the family because he doesn't do it to anybody else he doesn't do it to max and he doesn't do it to anybody when they come to stay he sleeps around my head and like makes biscuits in my hair and purrs and he'll put his chin on my head to go to sleep and that makes me feel like I'm his mum because he doesn't do it to anyone else. So that's what makes that's how I know that I'm like accepted back home. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm speech because I'm jealous, to be honest with you. Like it's the thought so of cute. like, yeah, the, so I think cute. you feel like I bet you feel like you just won at that point. Just uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So especially knowing that he doesn't do it to anyone else. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And that purr, you know, like it just relaxes you so much. It's so easy to go to sleep. So Nikki, you know if you're away from your cat for a while, can they forget you? Or will they have 
will he, if you've already got that kind of bond, or is there a certain amount of time that will pass and they'll kind of be like, oh, who are you? Or is it just, are they always going to remember you? To be honest, cats have got much better memories than I think most people give them credit for. So um, I think there's been some re reasonable research into it and they can remember things for, I think, sometimes years. So um, I think if your cat's blanking you, it's not a lack of, it's not a lack of memory. They're just like not that into you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in a mood Which is probably yeah, yeah. worse. You're not forgotten. They're just like, no. Nah. Whereas um, if you're bonded to your cat, then yes. Um, they will um, remember and they will uh, miss you and then they'll be interested in um and sort of reconnecting with you as well <laughs> that's brilliant uh, they don't, they're not they forgot you they're just not that keen on you uh, <laughs> <laughs> again such a cat move um so lauren earlier we mentioned you know we talk about the nicknames of the cats and stuff and you're saying it's not just the nicknames it's the voice as well what, you're gonna you, make me do it i just want to hear a little bit of it oh, everyone's done it i've done it i've done i've done it every every time okay okay honestly right before you do this is a safe space Everyone on this podcast and listening to the podcast does this, so don't worry about it. Okay. Here we go. You baby. You just a little baby. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> That's fine. That's enough. That's all I need. That's great. That's brilliant. Oh, it's good. Is it a good one? Out of ten? Out of ten? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a nine. Nice. Yeah. Good. Oh, actually, that's a bit harsh because it feels like uh, that's like hinting that I think there's room for improvement. I don't think there is. I thought it was absolutely oh, brilliant. No, that's all right. Yeah. I, I, I'm a dancer. I like criticism. I like, I like to have somewhere to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I also like, I like the fact that before you did it, you were like, okay, are you ready? Like it was like a show. I love that. That was, that was great. <laughs> um, no, that, that was that was that was really good. And I think that you know, as I said, it is a. Uh, it is something that everyone who's been on this podcast does, and I think every cat owner does it. There's, yeah. yeah, there's no way you're not doing it. Um, so what we're going to do, uh, we're going to take a little pause for a moment here. Lauren, you're going to be staying with us, uh, because next on Cats Got Your Tongue, we're going to be going through your cat's tales. This is where we've got guest listeners who have basically kind of given us questions and stories and things that we can sort of uh, react to and respond to. So we'll do that next on Cats Got Your Tongue. So now on Cats Got Your Tongue, it's time for your Cats Tales. This is where we get to hear from you uh, with your feline stories, disasters, success stories, questions, anything cat-related, basically. Uh, we're here to help. Uh, so, Lauren, do you have a little Cats Tale for us? Maybe something that you've always wondered or a little story, perhaps? Um, something about feeding time. A little question. Yeah. I can ask a question. So, when... My when we, we've got three cats obviously and we try and feed them all together. Um Gypsy sometimes won't eat unless his bowl is moved on top of the dining table. <laughs> he wants to eat like a human. Um so I just wondered about that really because obviously it's easy to feed them all together, but we have to keep an eye on that the others don't go to eat from his bowl, blah blah blah. And, and so yeah, I just wondered about that really. Um, excellent question. And also everybody feeds all their cats together. Um, that's a really common thing to do because actually that's the human way of eating is um, we tend to all eat all together. Cats would actually prefer to eat separately, um, which like I said, is news to most people, even if they're in the same social group, which it sounds like your cats generally are. Um, and was it Primrose either so they get hangry? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, definitely she needs to be fed very much, very much separately compared to the boys. Um, and so I would split them all up and the um, one needs to be fed on the table rather than being a human thing is actually a cat thing because cats like to be fed and feel safe up high. 
So whereas we feed most cats on the floor, which is fine to be fair for most cats, but some cats will definitely like being fed higher up. Um, so where, you know, you can do that and in, you know, your situation allows it, then they would love it. Um, so some cats can be just fed in different parts of the same room. Others, I mean, I had a previous two cats that um, I literally fed one cat upstairs and one cat downstairs, and that worked out beautifully for them. Um, if you can have the bowls slightly away from the wall, so you've got like the wall behind you, a cat and then the bowl in front of them. And that's so they can actually view the surroundings and know that nothing is going to come up behind them because having their head down to eat and drink is quite a vulnerable position for a cat to be in. So they really like to have that, like knowing they've got the security of the wall behind them. That said, there will be some cats that will just be like, <laughs> and continue to face the wall. But it's all about um, giving the cats choice and their prerogatives is what they do with that. Thank you. That's changed the game now. I'm going to go out and like, like, like <laughs> Amazing. change the, the dining room, the dining time. Yeah. And then the other one is to move food bowls away from water bowls. Um, I didn't even know this until I joined Cats Protection and learned it from them. Because um, I didn't realise that, yeah, they, they don't like to eat and drink in the same location. And it goes back to African wildcat behaviour and how um, they don't want to contaminate the water source with the got contents of their prey. So they'd like to eat and drink in separate locations, which is, again, it's completely different to what we do. We like to eat and drink at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, having lots of water bowls separated away from food bowls and also away from litter trays and things like that is the way forwards. And then how to experiment with position is to usually set up a few and then from there, like, you know, listen to what the cats are saying, like which ones are they drinking and eating out of and feeling comfortable or ones they ignore. You can usually bring those ones up after a period of a few weeks. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Also, um, just a quick extra question on top of that, Nikki, my, um, my cat, when I was reading about what the best bowl for her to use was for, for drinking, for water, it was saying like, oh, a wide bowl, uh, metal, all these different kind of things. Cause she's got quite big whiskers as well. Yeah. But I've tried every bowl and she's not keen on the wide. She this is, she actually drinks out of a smooth radio cup. Does she? Yeah, which I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I work at Radio X, so I was a bit fuming about that. So <laughs> we're kind of like, yeah, cheers. Um, yeah, but she drinks. She, she she did have a WWE wrestling one, and then <laughs> she, and then I, and then that got changed to smooth. But it's just a normal cup. But it looks like a. It's difficult for her, you know, because her. I mean, she's only got quite a small head, but she's she's right she's right in there. But I've tried every other bowl, and it should, I don't know. I, I feel sometimes I feel like it, whiskers must be hitting the side of it or whatever. But yeah. is it just their own preference? Unless it's a height thing for her, and that she likes the height of the cup. Oh, yeah, how how tall is cup you're talking? It's just a standard cup, but it was definitely higher than the bowl I was using. Yeah, yeah. Because it might be experiment with um, sort of fish bowl style vases. You know what I mean? Like the sort of big yeah, curved yeah. round ones and fill that right to the very brim with water and then sometimes that where it's elevated they really like to sort of drink off the top of that and some of them are quite, quite a reasonable openings so they can get their mm. faces in quite easily but yeah the, most cats um don't like their whiskers touching the sides of bowls yeah. and if the cat's diabetic they actually have sore whiskers so it's even more important for diabetic cats yeah one of those little trickly fountain water bowls that yeah yeah so they're great because they play with it too and they yeah. drink from it <laughs> yeah, I've that's what people need to get their cats for Christmas. Yeah, I've, again, I've tried <laughs> a cardboard box. Yeah, I've tried to one of them, and I went and bought like the top of the range one, thinking you know, like, and she just looked at it and just thought no, and then 
back to the Smooth Radio Cup. Like, you're so easily pleased, didn't you? So, yeah, it's, <laughs> again, it's one of them, isn't it? When you think you've got a great idea and you end up spending money on it, <laughs> most of the time yeah. they're like, nah. Um, right, we're going to be... Ultimately, to... it's like the cat's choice. This, yeah. that, if they've got lots of options and that's what she's choosing, that's what she wants. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she just loves Smooth Radio. Um, <laughs> so, right, we're going to move on to our next, the next question now, which comes from Aisha. Let's see what Aisha's going to ask. So, I had um, basically just come out of the shower. So, I had a towel wrap on my head and and a dressing gown on that just came to like my knees <clears throat> and then I had to it's really early in the morning I had to throw something out in into the rubbish so I had to come downstairs um unlock the door and then throwing something out and before I knew it Maya our cat had run out and bearing in mind like she we don't normally let her go outside so I then went into a panic and I was just like Maya Maya get back inside but of course the more I called her the more she was just trying to run run away without thinking I started to like follow her and chase her basically down the road and bearing in mind I'm somebody who normally covers and wears hijab I've got this towel on my head um I've got this dressing gown on with half my leg showing um but you know I was panicking because I just thought oh my gosh my girl's gonna kill me if anything happens to her and she gets lost and, and that was the thought that kept going through my head but it was just funny because like she just kept going further and further and I just thought how far can I go how far am I prepared to go like dress like this um, and I think I got to the end of the road before I thought I think she'd kind of run back towards the house because I think I caused her to panic as well. But it was just, if anybody had seen me, and I kept thinking, it's Sunday morning. Please, God, don't let there be anybody, like, walking about in the road. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, not something I want to, to relive, really. So there you go. There's uh, Aisha's uh, slightly uh, embarrassing tale for her. But, you know, cats that don't normally go outside... We mentioned earlier on, Nikki, what advice would you give someone if this happens? It's happened to me before. My cat's got out and the panic does set in. And I do think that kind of what Aisha did there, I did a similar thing where you're shouting the cat's name and you're running and you're panicking and that seemed to panic Ruby, my cat, even more. So what happens if, because, if, you know, mistakes could happen, can't they? So prior to that sort of situation happening, it's really important to get um, all cats microchip, including indoor-only cats. I think it's quite common for people that have indoor-only cats to think, oh, it's not necessary to get the microchips, but also will be... Um, you know, enforced law coming in June 2024. So all cats will need to be microchipped anyway. Um, so yeah, microchipping first and foremost. Second of all, yeah, oh, it's so hard not to panic in that situation, isn't it? Like we heard from Aisha there. Um, and I think we'd all feel the same and probably do the same thing in that scenario. But um, it's trying to stay calm. It's knowing the individual cat into what does and doesn't work for them. Because for some cats, you can call them back. Other cats, you can't. Um, and having the piece of knowledge that most cats actually tend to stay close to their core territory. So they don't tend to like literally leg it off for like a mile or two. They tend to be in the local area. So sort of calmly trying to call them back without following or chasing, um, leaving sort of like a trail of biscuits and things out. Sometimes you can use like their own scent, such as like on bedding to try and encourage them back out, back to the house. Um, and also making sure they have got a clear route of access as well. Uh, keeping an eye out for some of the common um, pitfalls for cats when they get out. So, for example, they can easily get chased up a tree, um, either by dogs or cats. And cats are great at going up and not great at coming back down. And then the usual classics of like they do get themselves like stuck in people's sheds and garages and things like that. So really sort of going around and chatting to the neighbours and doing that to try and get your cat back. 
Yeah. Oh, just the thought of uh, of that happening again. It was when that happened. It was it was so bad. It was awful. Like, luckily for me, she she ran under a bush at like the there's like an alleyway at the back, and luckily whoever lives in the garden that's behind mine, they put sort of netting underneath the bush. So it meant that Ruby couldn't get under. So she was just kind of sat under the bush, just like that. Just, she was actually purring, annoying. <laughs> so it's like, she's obviously like happy, but she was just out of reach. So I was kind of putting my hand to get her and literally it was like that far away from being able to get her. I managed to um, get the old trusty chicken yogurt out though. And she, uh, <laughs> and she, <laughs> she managed to get back out. So that's why I'm forever grateful for the, to the old yogurts. I always get a bit scared. Like, so as, Luckily our house has, you know, when it's all the back gardens backed onto each other, but one thing that panics me is the road. Do cats like know to stay away from the road? Because obviously you hear horror stories and you see, and you know, cats that have been hit by cars. And that's what I freak out about. Like, do they know, Do they, have they got an instinct to stay away from the road? And I don't know, that's, yeah. Some cats do and some cats don't. It um, comes down to the individual and their experiences and and how they interpret things. So um, the most, you know, there's lots of research into it, as you can imagine. Um, most commonly cats that are more likely to be hit by cars are uh, male cats that are not neutered under the age of two years old. So when they're a lot younger, they are sadly more likely to be hit by a car. Um, but it also depends on their experience as well. So for example, um cats there is again more research to show that cats that are used to sort of like that heavy wall of traffic say in like central london for example where it's constant they're able to really see that as an obvious threat and know not to get involved and get and try to cross mm. it whereas the they really have difficulty and struggle with those country uh roads the really straight ones where people sort of whiz by but only a few a day so um they can be unfortunately caught out by those roads so um and they, with the experience, they need the the like for like experience. So there's no good relocating, say, a London cat through to one of those countries. Where I think it's going to have its best life when actually it may um, unfortunately suffer a road traffic accident. Yeah. Uh, a couple more questions um, on our cat's tail section. Uh, Andrew sent us an email as well. So uh, let's have a look what he says. He says, uh, hi, Adam and Nikki. One of my cats, Bellini, has only recently started urinating on the furniture. Ever since we cat sat for a friend whose cat did it, she's decided to start doing it. We have three litter trays and they get cleaned often as her and our other cat, Bramble, are both indoor cats. Why does she do this? So that seems like she's learned that from a cat that they've been cat sitting. Uh, my first question is where were they cat sitting? Were they going around someone else's house to cat sit or do they bring the other cat into their household? I mean, either way, to be honest, scent of the other cat is going to be involved yeah whether it's on their clothing from the other house or if it was at their own house if it's at their own house it'd be way more of a stressful situation and i can understand um it'd be quite um stress provoking to create something like this that said the very first thing they need to do is go get uh, the cat vet checked uh, by their own vet and um if it's involving urine then to get a urine sample tested um and um just to rule out any medical reasons for the behavior because um it's really common for cats to have all sorts of different things, such as cystitis, for example. Um, let me see my cat's back again. <laughs> to say hello. Um, and then from there, look at um, the litter tray setup. And there's like a, all sorts of different things to look at. So it's good they've got a few trays. Um, in times of difficulty, they may, to, may need to add in more litter trays. And then making sure the litter trays um, are the right sort of size. A lot of them are quite small, so you don't want a kitten-sized tray for an adult cat. You want about three centimetres deep of a soft sand-sized piece of litter. 
Um, so something like an ultra clumpy litter is really good. Unscented, because they don't like anything scented, and a lot of them are. Um, and then they need to be in a private but accessible location. So it can't be, a lot of people put litter trays next to um, back patio doors, um, next to cat flaps in high traffic um, areas such as hallways, landings, and on the stairs. Um, and these are really not ideal for cats. They like something a bit with a bit more privacy, a bit like people really. And they really like them to be clean. So they need to be cleaned out a minimum of twice a day. But for some cats, it will need to be after every deposit. And that's not them being a little princess. It's just like us. We like to flush every time and so do most cats. <laughs> so like, is it generally, I know it's quite hard to kind of give a definitive answer on this, Nikki, but you know, you know, where we see Andrew's cat started doing that, is it generally health related why a cat would start doing it or is it could it be a behavior thing as well or is it it could literally be medical or behavioral and yeah. it can be both yeah. it could be literally you know stress induced cystitis for example which yeah, would yeah. be medical and therefore you've got the stress being the behavioral component to it as well so every scenario is different even if you have you know 10 different cases and they're all toileting on a sofa you know after someone's been cat fitting they can all have still different motivations yeah. and it's looking at all the other factors around that person's situation like the other pets in the home for example what the house setup is like with all the different resources any stresses from outside that may be impacting on it like other cats in the neighborhood so even though things sound can sound similar to start with once you really unpick it mm. it can be very different we've got a Final email from Lindsay now, and uh, here's what she says. Uh, Alfie is a grey and white tabby who's very unsociable and definitely a uh, one human cat, which apparently belongs to her mum, so her mum must be the favourite. Uh, it says, even though he's been brought up in a family, he'll not let anyone go near him apart from my mum. Now, in the past, he's gone missing for a couple of days at a time, and he normally comes back with wounds. When Lindsay's dad has knocked on doors to check if anyone's seen him when he goes missing, the neighbours say that he's the bully of the street and apparently waits for their cats to come outside so he can start a fight. Now, what can Lindsay and her family do? Be, I, you'd feel, I imagine that's what it's like to have kids and then be told at parents even that your kid's the bully. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely like a really awful, awful feeling. And it's really difficult because it's such an emotive situation as well because you can imagine for the cats that are getting targeted, those owners feel very strongly about it yeah. um again understand if we were in that scenario so it's about the fact that everybody in that scenario does actually need to take a level of responsibility they can't be there's nothing gained from from blaming a particular owner and their cat so um for only alfie's owner it's a case of making sure that um alfie has everything that he needs in the home environment and the local garden as well if they've got a garden so making sure that it's reducing some of the temptations to travel further afield and also to give him lots of interactive play sessions as well so if he's wandering off to say go hunting he could be, be, be encouraged to be, stay close to home if he's having regular play sessions um, and feeding enrichment where you're giving say like a little bit of dry food in a egg box or something that's mentally stimulating getting him thinking can again help him to stay a little bit close to home and then for the other cats it's making sure you have all the same same everything i've just said for them as well yeah and then um, reducing access to the house. So for example, make sure they have like an exclusive entry cat flap, like a microchip cat flap. So the cats can't get into their house. That also extends to making sure the doors and windows are not left open in the summer. Um, feeding enrichments and play are actually good stress relievers if a cat is being targeted. So that can really work for those cats. Um, and then also for the for the cats being targeted, their owners need to be like their little bodyguards out in the garden as well. So if they need to go out and toilet, 
or because they don't want to use litter in the house, that happens a lot. You do need to literally follow your cat around at the at the at the distance that they feel comfortable at. Like you know, some cats don't really write on their tail, um, but just so that you can be there and make them be that protective presence. Mm. They know that you've got their back. Um, should. Alfie show up. <laughs> what would you what, what would you do, Lauren, in that situation? If they were like, "Oh, your cat's the the trouble causer of the of the uh, of the neighbourhood," I don't know. I'd probably give him a good talking to and make yeah. him think about what he's done. <laughs> yeah. In my cat voice, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd probably do that and then immediately go. Is some dreamies though, because I know you're not bad, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a natural behaviour for cats yeah. to be territorial, and some are just more territorial than others. Yeah, they're not really used to living in like such close proximity and the sort of the cat density we see in modern day living. I think sometimes it's weird as well, where you know, for for cat owners to really understand how finely balanced some of those environments are. Like, do you know, what I mean, if you get it right, like yourself Lauren if you've got three cats it's kind of finding the perfect balance it's, it's quite a you know it takes a while doesn't it to sort of everyone knows their own place and if one thing changes and, and it can completely knock that balance out can't it really I think um I guess like with humans if you really tune into like you know behaviors and and listen to what your cat's kind of communicating to you in different ways then you kind of get it right. I don't know. I'm quite empathetic as a person as well. So I think naturally, I, we, both of us, we just kind of like understand our cats. Mm. We don't just ignore them. They, we treat them as, I'm the kind of person as well, like animals are equals. Humans are not above animals. So in the house, we treat them as equals as well. And we understand the role that we play for them. You yeah. know, we're feeding them. We're giving them freedom or, you know, keeping them warm. So but if you listen to what they're communicating to you, and I'm not an expert, but you know, you share a life and a house with your pets, so you yeah. get to know them really well. So before we wrap up, uh, Laura, the question that I always like to ask on the podcast is, what's the best thing about owning a cat? Oh, good question. Um, I think I'm going to go off the back of what I just said and say, like, getting to know them. It kind of blows my mind daily that we share a home with another animal and they rely on you and you rely on them and it's so incredible um so yeah getting to know a whole other species of animal and communicating with them and loving them and them loving you yeah amazing great answer um lauren thanks so much for coming on cats got your tongue we've uh, we've loved having you thank you for having me i've loved it Brilliant. That's it for this week on Cats Got Your Tongue in association with Cats Protection. Um, again, thanks, Nikki, as always. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, remember to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends who love cats all about us and don't forget to share the podcast. Give us a review as well. And if you want to get in touch, just share your very own cat's tales. Pod at cats.org.uk is where you can get in touch with us. We'll see you next time on Cats Got Your Tongue. 